Don't worry, I'm pretty sure I can talk for at least 15 minutes about Snapchat. Welcome to Reactive. I'm Khalil, and this is insert episode number here with <laughs> 44. Rockwad. Hi, everyone. And H. Gladagots. Hello. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> Woo! Awesome. We made it again. Wow. Yeah, we did it. I know. We did it. All of us. Yes. We're all three here. A rare event. Yeah, it's getting harder. So much <laughs> stuff going harder. on. Yeah. yeah. So much stuff. But, you know, we should use this opportunity, this time that we have together. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, focus and whatever. I don't know. Anyway, so <laughs> what's going on this Show week? Title. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. What's going on? So, so, uh, so, uh, who's playing around with Snapchat? Ugh. I've I've been seeing these yellow icons on Twitter everywhere with these dots on them, and I figured out that that has something to do with Snapchat, but I have not actually used the app to scan one of those. So, yeah, not yeah. Bad, I am not Detective Henning. <laughs> oh wait, are you serious? That's what that means? Yeah, the yeah. QR codes. Like the QR codes oh, everywhere. I googled it. <laughs> oh my good. Okay, okay. So here's what happened for me. This is my Snapchat experience. Last weekend, I went to a wedding and uh, I met up with uh, one of my friends, Jacob Groundwater. It was like, we were like the two JavaScript people who were like, so a friend of ours was getting married and he's uh, in the local San Francisco Bay Area JavaScript <laughs> community. And we were the only two JavaScripters who were invited to this wedding. So we hung out the whole time because, you know, the groom is a little busy doing the whole like wedding thing. And he was telling me about how like the traffic was so bad and he did the whole thing on Snapchat and he talked about, like he complained all about the the bad traffic on Snapchat. And I was like, I don't like get it. What's the point of Snapchat? And he's like, no, 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 you have to do it. It's so great. And I was like, all right, maybe I'll think about it. So then I went on to Snapchat and was like, okay, let's do this thing. And they didn't have my username. They didn't have my like Rockbot and they didn't have Rickbit, which is Rockbot without the vowels. And so obviously like I was like, well then forget it. Super forget pissed. it, I can't do it. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like what's, the, what, what's even the point, right? Like, like so stupid. Um, anyway, so, <laughs> so I, so I, I, I complained about it on Twitter and all the people on Twitter, not all the people, but there were enough people on Twitter who were like, no, Rockbot, you should totally join us on Snapchat. And I'm like, I can't even, like, how can I possibly participate if I can't even use my own username? And then someone was like, the usernames don't actually matter. Just true. pick something. It doesn't matter at all. And I was like, well, fine. So I came up with a new secret one that I'm not sharing right now because I have no idea what's what's in store for me, so I'm just like, you know, forget it. Um, and and so I start playing around with it, and I'm like, how does this work? I don't understand. And I actually, there was a whole conversation at NPM yesterday about how I was like, I'm either too old to understand this, I finally have hit that point in my life where I am too old for this, or, or it's just the UX is so bad 
that I can't possibly figure it out unless I have no time or I have all the time in the world to just sit around pressing all the possible spots throughout the app. Because there's like no user guide, which I personally firmly believe that if you need a user guide, it means that your stuff isn't usable. (laughs) But like, it's not usable. So where the hell is my user guide? (laughs) Like, I have no idea what to do. And um, we have an intern at NPM. uh, Shout out to Emma. And she, she apparently has, she's like, she, so like we don't hear very much from our interns because they're they're always like oh my gosh I'm an NPM and this is super cool and scary like what if they like think I'm like a super weirdo or whatever and we're just like no 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 it's fine you're an intern you're super cool we wouldn't have brought you here if you weren't super cool but like I start ranting about in, about uh, about Snapchat on uh, on the NPM Slack and then out of nowhere she's like I Snapchat and we're like oh my god. <laughs> Of course you do. You're young. And she's like, well, so I'm kind of a big deal on Snapchat. I have like 5,000 followers. And we're like, yeah. oh my God, you're Snapchat famous. <laughs> and so immediately, I kid you not, like five people just go over to her desk and are like showing the phones like, help. How do I, what does this mean? Why is there a baby emoji? I don't understand. <laughs> I haven't even gotten that far. I just, I can't, I can't, right now it has to do obviously with video, right? I think you explained this on the show once before, Khalil. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm I can, I can tell you. Uh, Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. So, so I've been, had it installed for a while. We've talked about it a while ago and, and I've been, I've been always been super curious about it. I also didn't understand how it works in the beginning. Um, but mm-hmm. I learned that, you know, like there's like now there's a hundred million people on there. There's a lot happening. This app is evolving like crazy. So I always kind of, I was, was kind of opening it up and was like looking at it like curiously. And at some point I just, um, of course, there's like a billion YouTube tutorials about how Snapchat works. So I went to, um, but I also, I'm apparently too old to think of that so somebody had to say that for me to figure <laughs> out. <laughs> so um uh so of course went to youtube looked at a few tutorials and it became and then it becomes very clear it's very simple because in the end and then i also i watched an interview there was this uh code conference from from recode from the recode blog thing like this big deal they used to be uh uh what was digital all things D or something like that and a huge mm, like mm-hmm. tech conference thingy and then out the code conference and they always have those CEOs on they had Steve Jobs on and you know back in the day and and they had this famous interview with Steve Jobs and uh, Bill Gates and all that stuff so they now have the current CEOs on of course and, and one big hotshot CEO is the Snapchat CEO and he uh, it was interesting the, the one thing that stuck with me was how he was explaining the app and he was basically saying we launch into the camera right that's because mostly what people want to do is they just want to they want to do some sort of a snap you know, of something and send it to somebody or set, make a story and then when you when you swipe left then you can chat with people directly one to one when you swipe when you swipe when you swipe to the hold on what am I saying? No, when you swipe from <laughs> left, when you swipe from from left to right, 
then you get to the one-to-one chats, right? Where you can just send somebody a private chat. And it could be, mm-hmm. it can be anything, it can be text, it can be emoji, they have their own emojis, they have, you can send a photo, you can send a video. And then, and videos are a maximum of 10 seconds. And then you can, you can slide from right to left, and then you see the stories. And the stories is all the people, <clears throat> so you can be either friends with somebody, right? That, which means like, they um, are following you and you are following them that's the friend thing just like with Facebook or you can just if you if you are if it's just one-sided you are following them then you can't send them direct chats but you can um, you can see their stories and the stories is is, a spe- is like when you when you post when you create a snap like a picture of yourself of something or whatever <clears throat> a picture or video you can choose to post it at to you to your story or you can choose to send it to a specific person and when you send it to your story that is basically somewhat like your timeline right so it's public so everybody who added you as a friend can see that anybody you don't have to add them back so that they can see it it's basically so to speak public but it's all happening in the app and those stories <clears throat> they're only um, they're only there for 24 hours. So when you post a picture um, and you post it in your story, then people can see it for 24 hours and then it's gone. And with the other, like the one-to-one chats, the things are gone right away. Like they, you can, like a picture, you can set the how long you want it to show, seven seconds, 10 seconds or whatever. And after, that's always, so it's ephemeral. It's all about being ephemeral. It's like, a, like just like real life. You talk to somebody and then you're gone and there's no record of anything. And, uh, yeah, that's the part I, I remembered, and <clears throat> that didn't make any sense to me. But why why <laughs> this makes sense is it it creates this attention, right? So if somebody follows you, um, and you post stories and they watch your stories, you know that they definitely they they definitely pay attention to that to 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 whatever you're posting, right? There's no it's much more curated people don't have as many followers or don't follow as many people like in twitter or facebook or whatever it's just it's mostly it's it's way less and you really only follow those people that you kind of want to see their stuff from and what it also encourages it encourages you uh, the user to just to just post all the time little things where you don't really think about it you don't really think about looking super good or y- you know you can all do all this stuff like drawing on top of it or there's this funny thing where you can do like 3d emojis meaning that it's it's crazy like when you make a video and you have somebody um for instance you you you're filming somebody who's from the back and he the person is walking you know into the distance then what you can do is you can pull an emoji and you can like uh you have to tap and hold uh, and you tap and hold on that person the, the and attach basically attach the emoji on that person then there was there's some calculation going on and then the in the video it will behave as if the emoji sits on that person and when the person gets all gets smaller in the background the emoji on top of the person gets small in the background and stuff like that. <laughs> okay. So you can be, so you can be, you can do just like silly stuff. And it's basically just about being creative and, and silly. And if, if that's something that you enjoy and it, and uh, yeah, that's basically it. It's like you have those, you have those th- two, you have the middle, 
which is the camera, then the left, which is one-to-one, -one, and then the right, which is the stories. And, and that's, that's, that's about it. And there's something about it. For me, I really got, I check it every day now, and I have a few people that I'm following, and I really enjoy seeing their pictures and videos because um, it's just, you you know, it's just a little bit, it's not, it's not like Instagram where every picture, like everybody's trying to make it perfect with the filter and da da da. It's just a little bit more fun, more raw, gritty, more authentic. It's yes, gritty. Yeah, it's like a so, little. So, but but this is so. This is basically purely entertainment. Basically, this is how I see it from no, what you're explaining it, or not. Yeah, it is. It is. But you kind of see. It's also very personal. It's almost a little bit intimate, you know, mm -hmm. compared to to Twitter or. Uh, or something like that it feels just more authentic and raw and interesting you know you can like if you have a relationship with somebody and you see their stuff and they're posting every now and then you can you kind of it kind of uh yeah it's like you, it's like you're kind of having a little, a little window into that person's life exactly so, but yeah. but it's not only that there's also people who um who use it really as 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 a way to share knowledge there's for instance this uh there's this VC, VC he's called uh, Mark Suster, and I actually really like him. He's a very, very kind of no-nonsense, very down-to-earth and kind of no-bullshit kind of uh, guy. And he, and he does, he gives a lot of talks and he, he uses, he calls them snap storms and he actually saves those snaps. Because you can personally save your videos and your stories and then you can post them somewhere else if you want. What he does is he has a website called snapstorms.com and he posts snaps, videos, where it's always 10 seconds, 10 seconds videos, just one after the other, where he kind of strings together uh, a little talk basically about a subject um, and then he posts that on on his website as well. And and there's a bunch of people who also who also use it for that. And this is uh, this is interesting because here we, we have again this in attention thing because he he can he definitely knows like if if people are following him um, and watching those snaps because you can see if people watched it saw it or opened it basically. <clears throat> and because those individual snaps are so short, it it gives you good data about if people are really consuming it or not. So you get analytics on it as well, okay. Yeah, very simple analytics. Like yeah, you have yeah. one snap or, you know, like one story is 10 seconds and you can see, okay, like you can get the name, uh, the display name of every person who watched it, basically. Oh, okay. Or, or open yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Huh. But those huh. are, yeah. Yeah, you get the display name, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know. It seems a little creepy to me. <laughs> this... I'm okay. Ready? I'm gonna I'm gonna put on my 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 grandma pants for a moment. <laughs> like, uh, what a waste of time! <laughs> like, <laughs> who has time for this? This is so. I do. I mean, but, uh, oh well, then maybe I should have your job. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I do it like when I walk, you know, to the train or something like that. I actually like it better than Twitter now. Huh? That's amazing. Yeah, because, I think I, I think because, I have an account. Be, I gotta I gotta go check it out again. Because the thing is, the thing is, well, you you like just an account is not enough because you have to figure out. Well, yeah, but are, I'm saying is I, I there, got my Is there anybody name, that you would want to follow and right. see their snaps and stuff like that? Um, but um, for, because but that's, that is just me right now because I like 
for some reason, I, I enjoy those people I follow. I enjoy, you know, whatever they're doing with their snaps. And it's it's creative. It's fun. It's visual. I, I mm-hmm. like that. And some some of them are also like, you know, like sharing a little knowledge, which is, which is nice. And, and my Twitter feed has become so incredibly serious, I find. It's, mm. it's almost heavy. For, like too mm-hmm. heavy like the the people that i because i did the the great purge of uh 2015 or something like that where, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. where i did where i just unfollowed everybody because i was following like thousands 1500 people or something like that and um and just like followed selected people and they're all you know very knowledgeable smart people that I know or don't know, but I like what they're doing, mostly like code related. And um, and there's just a lot of just like serious subjects that are being talked about because we have problems in our community. A lot of those people kind of care about that and they kind of like so- social justice stuff going on. And, and, and it's, it's, it's not balanced enough for me and it, it becomes very heavy and like, um, and it's also a lot about sharing like I did this cool thing or did you hear about this new uh, <clears throat> JavaScript thing and it's not so much I wouldn't say that for me that it's JavaScript fatigue but it is just like too much of the same kind of always always kind of serious yeah I mean it feeds thing. the whole hype train scenario <clears throat> that we were always talking about right whereas Snapchat I mean, maybe I seems still, like it's it's like I said more more entertaining or I still I still I still value you know the information I get from Twitter, but if for some reason the the all those people that I follow and the stream that I'm that I'm seeing now has become uh, much much less fun somehow. And it I kind of needed. I also want to you know be silly on Twitter. That's what it also used to be about for me at least. And mm-hmm. um, and I just see much less of it. And it kind of also created this pressure to when you post something on Twitter you like you have to really think about what you're saying like and <laughs> and then there's like people like there's a lot of like criticizing this and criticizing that and um saying that this programming language is is bad or like I don't know like there's for some reason there's a lot of like posturing I feel it, mm-hmm. just in my feed I might be just like I really have to maybe just uh, you know do a better job now or it changed the people I'm following a little bit but yeah so so basically this this whole snapchat thing for me has become something super light and fun that mm-hmm. I can that can just like kind of you know slip into um, and check out you know when when I'm not when I'm walking to the train or sitting in the train or on my commute and stuff like that and just enjoy that a little bit and it's cool. Yeah, I can I can relate to the the heaviness of the feed. I mean, I, I guess it has also a lot to do with what's happening in the world and how it affects yes. people. Sure. Um, and I have followed a few accounts lately that you know, so this is kind of stuff is even more in my face, and and I totally agree with that. And but what I find like super creative and clever of Snapchat <clears throat> is that they allow you to do this thing with the avatar on on Twitter or any other place, I guess, because. From what I understand is you can just, you know, somehow scan somebody's um, yeah, you can say, avatar on Twitter and it'll automatically 
bring that up or whatever, right? So you don't have to go look for them. Is that correct? Yeah. So when you when you uh, open your app, there's the camera. Uh, there's a camera, and uh, up top in the camera, there's a little ghost symbol. When you when you tap on that, there you find your settings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can add people there too. You can say, okay, add user or friend or something like that. And there's different ways to add a friend. You can add them via their username, or you can add them via snap code. And that that means you can. Um, I think you can just also hold the camera. Um, in in front of a, you don't have to do anything besides just opening the app and holding it in front of one of those snap codes, and sometimes it just recognizes it and just adds that person, and hmm. yeah, or you can make a screenshot and then you can say add by snap code and just um, navigate to that screenshot. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Because so, can you do do you live stream on Snapchat as well, or is it just recorded snippets? Uh, it's just recorded snippets so far. Okay. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the uh, the Democrats on the House floor use Snapchat among other things to um, publicize uh, their their sit-in, you know. <laughs> and and you know, it just reminded me when you said that about the intern because, you know, guess who suggested to do that? It was all the the aides to these um, mm. senators who were much 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 younger, <laughs> who had them, you know start that all up so i guess they use periscope and and snapchat because the republicans turned off the cameras and Mm -hmm. uh, so they they still broadcast that using snapchat and periscope (laughs) i thought that was hilarious oh and i think facebook live or something like that so Mm -hmm. i mean it it definitely has uh, you know its purpose and it's it's uh it's reaching lots and lots of people like you said so yeah it's going crazy Um, right (laughs) yeah it's becoming mainstream basically right yeah. It's aging up, like there's much older people now also on there. And um, all the marketers are getting on it and stuff. Yeah, so they're going to ruin it is what you're saying, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of time before before the kids all, you know, leave the ship. Yeah, and they go somewhere else. Something else, yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, they, they, I think, I think uh, they might all be moving back to, uh, or moving to Musical.ly. <laughs> we also talked about that, remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. Did <laughs> you right. like the lip syncing and stuff? Yeah, that's also yeah. growing, apparently, yeah. And it's um, not as popular as Snapchat, so maybe it's going to be used more. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, <laughs> I think, I think, I don't know. I, I, there was a, do you remember Peach? Peach yeah, wanted to update yeah. on my phone the other day. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Peach, so I, just, it, I opened like three times and that was it. Yeah, no, I don't. Poor Peach. Poor no, thing. No, but it, it, isn't, it didn't work. It did something it similar to yeah. Snapchat. But it was just too clunky. And I think um, I think the thing with, with Snapchat where you just you open the app and then you just, you're like in creator mode. Like you just start yeah. doing stuff. I mm-hmm. think, especially for for the for the younger kids, that was that was like super addicting. Yeah. Addictive. Yeah. I think you're right. I think I think it ultimately comes down to who's making that. Like, basically, you got to get the kids in. <clears throat> you start with the kids. Everyone else will follow. Maybe I don't know. That's that's we, how it you that's how it was so far. Yeah. For Facebook. <laughs> I don't know about Twitter. Twitter was different, I think, a little bit. Yeah, that no, Twitter was n- never very... reached the kids. No, no, the kids, the kids are over Facebook and Twitter. They're like, nah, 
That's mm. that's for my parents. That's not really true though. They're also all on Facebook. But I heard, you know what they're doing? There's a term now. Uh, I don't know if it's still current, but a few months ago I heard that there's a, ter a term called white walling, and that means that when you you post something on Facebook, and then after a certain amount of hours you delete it. A lot of those kids mm. do that. So basically, the feature that is built in with Snapchat, they kind of emulate by doing that on Facebook. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Because now they all know about this, you know, like if you like, you can't be like, if you're going to be partying and you make, there's a stupid picture of you on Facebook and in 10 years when you go to, uh, when you try to apply to a job, then you get rejected because of that or whatever. Like they, the, the young kids know about this. They understand the internet better and stuff like that. And, They just want to kind of, I think uh, they just want to do like fun stuff and and, um, and also be like, maybe it's about being mysterious. I don't know, like something like that. And then they, yeah, and it's, and, and they want it, they want this content to be ephemeral because they're not trying to leave a, a, a legacy or something like that, you know, mm. on social media. <clears throat> well, that's an interesting point, isn't it? Because so many parents are like, What kind of legacy are you leaving on the internet? Your employers could see this <clears throat> with Snapchat. They can't. Ha. Um, all right. Noted. <clears throat> noted. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So that anyway. was the Snapchat segment of the show. <clears throat> well, thank you for explaining that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, as soon as you are on Snapchat, Henning, let me know. I'll be f I'll be creeping. From oh boy, from the Snapchat. <laughs> <clears throat> Creepy. No, it's all good. Uh, all right. So, what else is going on? What else is going on? So, um, this will be my last show from this side of the ocean, I think. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's so weird. Like the last, like this, this kind of thing that I just said is like happening all over the place now, <clears throat> and it's kind of sad and. I don't know, it's sort of very, very mixed feelings. You know, I go to this place and that place. I'm like, okay, this is the last time I'm coming here. You know? <laughs> it's, like, it's so weird. And then, I don't know, a few days ago, it sort of really hit, okay, um, this and this date is when the house is getting packed. Then we're, you know, going to get on the plane in this many days and all that. And it's like, wow, this is like this... This feeling of, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but you know how you feel like before you give a talk... Um, Well, maybe not you, Raquel, or maybe how you felt before you gave the talk in, in Colombia. <laughs> mm. <laughs> sort of like really, really nervous, anxious, and maybe mm -hmm. slightly nauseous. <laughs> and you just want to get it over with. That's where I've been for like a week now. <laughs> so, mm. uh, But um, it'll pass. Yeah, Things are Aww. sort of on autopilot, but uh, yeah, there's just uh, so much to do and... It's um, it's a big thing. So yeah, it's kind of. I I like that in. moment. I don't know. I yeah. really like that moment. I I think there's something genuinely interesting about the the moment when you realize everything is about to change. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, I think I think it's I think it's cool. I think. I think you're you're in for a, a grand adventure, and oh, absolutely, yeah. That's gonna I mean, be 
like my personal philosophy on life is what are the coolest stories I can tell? <laughs> so yeah. I try to go on as many adventures that allow me to tell some really neat stories. And believe me, I've got some super cool stories. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm excited for you, Henning. I, I think it's going to be fun. It is. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Just certain parts. I wish they would be over, but uh... <laughs> they will be. They will be. My mom likes to say, yeah. just blink twice and it'll be a year later. Yeah, that that's that's the other thing. That is that is so true. It goes fast once you're yeah. past it. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm in right now, and um, I've just been sort of listening to podcasts in in my free uh, spare time. And um, the last one I came across was a really interesting uh, introduction to Electron, and I think you mentioned mm, you had seen mm-hmm. a talk about that. And this is one. Um, uh, basically, it's Hansel Minutes. Uh, I always like his his episodes, and um, they had uh, Jessica Lord from GitHub on explaining, sort of just giving a, a nice overview of um, of Electron, and um, quite a few of the things I had known already. And uh, I guess this is one thing I had missed is that there is this uh, repository out there that is called I think Electron API Demos, and essentially it's just a demo app in Electron that demos, haha, all of the different or a lot of the different things. And this is something that I had missed from the documentation in the in the early earlier days because yes, there's the API documentation and it explains, you know, everything in, in, in a low level, but that doesn't help you put things together because there weren't any good examples. But this um, this is the thing that you mentioned on the show and uh, uh, so I just poked around in it a little bit. And you can just basically cut and paste the uh, code out of there into your quick start app in Electron and things work instantly. So that's really, really cool. Um, that's about as much of uh, looking around and other stuff that I've done lately. So, Yeah, I was also surprised that Electron is so easy to use. Uh, a colleague of mine just uh, for, like he uses Trello for a... Um, private project or for private mm-hmm. to-dos and stuff and he just wanted to have he wanted to, he had a very specific uh, use case and wanted to uh, create an, an application native OS uh, OS X app um, <clears throat> OS oh X careful now app. it's OS 10 yeah I don't care <laughs> um, um, sorry Felix so so, um, so it's a it's so he wanted a native app that that he can he can call with uh, with a global key uh, how do you call it a key dingens shortcut uh, keyboard shortcut to add Trello to do's cards quickly and so he tried out uh, Electron and I don't know it took him like he played around, poked around a little bit. Was like, "Wow, this is easy." It's just like, it's just, it's just like you require node modules um, with the require function, and then you have a few APIs or a bunch of APIs, and you just call those functions, and then all this stuff happens, and it's just so easy. So they really did a really good job of making it easy for 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 the developer to um, to use those APIs and, and and ship a little application that works. Very, yeah, very that's one of the things that surprising. she had said. It is essentially it's just like programming a node. And yeah, that's, that's yeah. such a an interesting thing because you're also kind of in the browser, but not <clears throat> so. That yeah, and I think really it took cool. literally like two hours or something to have like a functioning 
exactly the function that he wanted with like a tray icon and the global uh, shortcut and everything is is amazing. It's cool. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. I I really want to play with Electron at some yeah. point. Yeah. One day, I will get to it. <laughs> <clears throat> Would it? I was just wondering. Uh, Is there like any use case to have like an like a UI for NPM? Not really. Is there? Well, I think we talked about that. You could you could do some sort of quick on or quicker onboarding for people that don't aren't that comfortable on the uh, command line, right? I, I think you had mentioned that, Raquel. Oh, yeah. I have no comment. Maybe. Oh, I have okay. no comment. <clears throat> oh, okay. <All> right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, moving uh, on. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I saw this really interesting uh, kind of speech. I don't know. Um, there was a, a conference in, um, in Berkeley, California. It was a tech kind of a little. Uh, so it was a panel called The Moral Economy of Tech. Um, and... A uh, uh, who is this person? Um, I'm like blanking on names, uh, but idle words. Um, Machi Chaklovsky, um, who is the who is he? He does. Oh, he's the he he made pinboard. If you remember, ah yes, uh, pinboard. Mm-hmm. Um, so he. He uh, put down the words to like in this panel, everybody got 10 minutes to talk to a group of social scientists. And he wrote down his comments in this article, um, blog post, whatever. And it was really interesting because he basically talks about um, kind of the morality behind tech and how it's our job to kind of like stop making laundry startups and really think about what we're doing to the world. Um, He talks a lot about surveillance in particular, about how it all started innocently enough, right? Like it was, it, it started out as this idea of like, let's build this cool thing. Let's build this cool technology. And then, hey, but we can make this technology even cooler if we get information about these people. Um, and we can cater it specifically to them. And then it kind of blew up into this, like, well, give me more information about you. And hey, wait a second, other people want this information. I can sell them this information. I can make money off of other people's information that they have given me and trusted me with. And then kind of like, how like thinking about how does how does this evolve like if we as technologists aren't asking certain questions um it could result in something really huge that we didn't even really think about um and uh so like he he says something really interesting which was um Techies will complain that trivial problems of life in the Bay Area are hard because they involve politics. And I think that's fair because a lot of people are like, well, you know, like solving, like, you know, curing cancer is really hard because it involves like, you know, FDA approval and having to deal with uh, all of the different rules and regulations. And so that's way too hard. Let's do a laundry startup instead because that is not regulated. Um, 
Then he says, but they should involve politics. Politics is a thing we do to keep ourselves from murdering each other. In a world where everyone uses computers and software, we need to exercise democratic control over that software. Um, and I thought that was just a really interesting thing to kind of talk about. Um, and yeah, I, I think, and, and then he said some other things that uh, I, I won't uh, reiterate, but like, I would love to share this with, with uh, the reactive community because I think it's a really interesting perspective on what is our role as technologists in the greater scheme of things. It's like, we have a lot of power. We have so much more power than I think we're willing to admit. Um, I saw a tweet earlier today that was like, we are the best paid uh, industry. Like, like we are the most powerful and best paid industry in the world, but we don't really want to get involved in any of the bigger, deeper, harder issues because, ew, I have to talk to people and I have to get around like regulations and politics. And that's annoying because yeah, we just want to we just want to write our code right and be left alone yeah exactly exactly build cool stuff doing that yeah totally totally understand that yeah but wow we have a moral imperative to think about what it is that we're building <laughs> and yep. i think it's just really fun I, I i thought this was really really fascinating um i he says, oh, he also says this really interesting thing. We should not listen to people who promise to make Mars safe for human habitation until we have seen them make Oakland safe for human habitation. So Oakland is uh, right here in the Bay Area. And like there's crime in Oakland. It's not as bad as it used to be because it's gentrifying quite a bit, but it still has this massive stigma of, oh God, it's Oakland. Like be careful there. Um, you know, don't get shot while you're there. But it's it's not that bad, but the stigma is still there. Um, uh, so like, uh, we should be skeptical of promises to revolutionize transportation from people who can't fix BART, which is our Bay area rapid transportation or have never taken BART. And if Google offers to make us immortal, we should check first to make sure we have some place to live. Right? Like <laughs> there's so much, like people are making massive promises about the things that they can do to change the world, but we're not, asking the questions about like, how are you doing that? Why are you doing that? What is the implication for me and for my community? And are you, why are you doing these big, big, big things and not even thinking about the problems that you have right here at home? And I don't know, like this, this blog post has so much in it that I, I, I think people would really like to read it. So does it go, does it go into, you know, um, any kind of, concrete things that um you know he suggests um that people in technology should do or is it sort of meant to be something that gets your thoughts flowing along those lines i think it's so really more of a, of a it's more of a think piece yeah um okay. uh he he comes up with a a list of really scary scenarios of what happens if we don't start asking questions um particularly uh particularly given uh, the election cycle about that's currently uh, happening. Um, he has this one sentence that he says, what we've done as technologists is leave, leave a loaded gun lying around in the hopes that no one will ever pick it up and use it. Um, which I think is a pretty powerful sentence. Like, 
oh my god what are we doing <laughs> yeah. are we are we sure that that's a good idea um and uh but he doesn't he doesn't say anything too much about like here are the things we can do right now to step away from this inevitable future that we are doomed to if we don't do anything else, right? He doesn't say that. It's really more of a like cautionary, hey, are y'all thinking about this? Because I'm thinking yeah, about trying this. To, trying to make people aware of it, I guess. Yeah. That's sort of the first step, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that reminds me of a, of, a, of a keynote I saw a few years ago. It was, it was along the same now similar lines basically saying or trying to 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 get people to understand that you know the nerds have an immense amount of power mm-hmm. and uh they need to use it wisely <laughs> so yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting well, we'll put that in the show notes for sure yeah yeah yep. definitely yep. take a look at that um so Khalil, how are things at work <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, great. Um, uh, but we had to um, basically ditch Browserify, uh, <gasps> even though I, I. So the shout out from last time still stands. I still love Browserify. It's great. But, <clears throat> but it turned out that um, I really had problems getting um, this kind of complicated build that we kind of need to do. Um, to work with the TypeScript source files and the source maps. Like there was kind of so much, kind of, because there's this, so we're using Gulp and Browserify, or we were using Browserify with Gulp together. And then, so there's this, uh, this plugin for Gulp that's called Gulp Source Maps. And you can basically say, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> oh yeah, and, and we, what we did was we had the, uh, we had, the TypeScript compilation done by the TypeScript binary because that was the quickest way to do it. So basically, you, the equivalent of typing TSC on the command line, it just like whoop, it transpiles all your stuff to JS files, and then we had the JavaScript files, you know, uh, picked up by by Gulp and Browserify, and then make all the bundles and stuff. And so TypeScript also generates source maps for that. And what we wanted, of course, was we wanted to have source maps in the end after Browserify is done um, that when you use them in the browser that they lead you back to the original TypeScript source. And <clears throat> that just turned out to be super complicated. Uh, well, well, it just didn't work. Like the Gulp source maps, you can say load you know, the source maps that are already there and then kind of use that and uh, use it with Browserify and do all the things, whatever, whatever. And then you have like the source maps that come out in the end should be leading back to your original source. And for some reason, I just couldn't get it to work. And it just turned out to be this little monster of code and complexity. And um, in my gulp task there and how they had to work with TypeScript binary and blah, 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 blah. And then... um, yeah, one of my colleagues, he was basically pounding since a while. He was like, just just lose, use Webpack. It's much like this is, Gulp is getting too complicated and browser fine. Like, just, just, just use Webpack, Webpack, Webpack. And we just didn't do it because we thought that, so, so what I've, I just heard that Webpack, you know, is like very configuration heavy and it has a steep learning curve and stuff. 
And we really didn't want to, because we kind of have to evaluate if we want to move to the like proper angular build stack that's coming soon, that is almost done, right? It's this angular CLI that's built on Ember CLI and stuff like that and has all of its own ways of doing it. And once that's more stable, um, or completely out of alpha or whatever, just stable. Um, we have, we definitely will have to kind of look at it and make a decision if we want to switch completely to that. Um, so we wanted to have a quick solution. We wanted to use what we did so far, just adjust it so that we can use it with TypeScript because we wanted to write TypeScript for the Angular 2 stuff. And yeah, it just became this monster. It just took too much time. And then I said, okay, I'm going to try your Webpack thing, right? And then... He, he, so we did some pair programming and we sat down and it was this one file, this webpack config file and just a few things. It was to tell it, do you basically just tell it, um, okay, I'm using TypeScript, please resolve TS files and so forth. Use the TypeScript loader. Yes, I want source maps. Click, you know, like check that off. Um, and I want it to, and I want everything to land in this destination folder. And that was it. And it was just, there was just nothing else um, I needed to do. I didn't, I didn't need to write any code and try to pipe things and use plugin. I mean, I had to use the one, uh, basically the loader they're called in, in uh, Webpack, but you bas basically you just inst install it via NPM and then the loader and you say, okay, please use this TypeScript loader um, in order to, you know, load my code and bundle it up. And, um, and then, yeah, it just, because Webpack just assumes, and that was interesting, like <sighs> Browserify and Gulp is basically for creating small tasks in order to, um, to, to help to facilitate your, your um, development and stuff like that. And to make, do many small tasks and have them kind of work paral in parallel or in sequence and, and that's fine. And, and they don't necessarily assume that you want to do that. You want to kind of connect uh, a bunch of pieces together that are and that end up to be a little bit more complex. And Webpack is configuration heavy and has a lot of configuration options and stuff, because it because Webpack comes from a different point of view. It basically always assumes heavy complexity. It assumes that you will have to that you will have some sort of you know like. Uh, either ES6 source files um, or um, TS files or something like that, that you will have to, it assumes that you want to transpile, it assumes that you want source maps, it assumes that you will have to definitely have to make a production build of all of that, it assumes that you might want to load some HTML into your JavaScript and, so, and you want to kind of load CSS just assumes all of that and gives you options for that and then just works seamlessly because it kind of understands that because it's built for kind of coordinating all of that and you don't have to think of how how do I pipe this all together you just basically tell these are all the things that I want to do pipe it all together for me please and then and for and so it ends up to be more for for us at least it ended up to be simpler to have the complex tool for the complex problem than to use the simple tool uh, for our complex problem, problem. So, so basically, uh, assuming complexity or having a complex tool like that really made our thing simpler. 
if you it's really listening. it's really funny because <clears throat> I listened to your simple podcast and yeah. right after where where you explained all this in less than three minutes I think <laughs> and and right after that I had teed up just by coincidence the Laravel podcast and Jeffrey way he he had a story that sounded very 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 similar <laughs> to that where he basically dumped browserify out of the Laravel elixir project and brought in um, webpack and mm. I was like huh so I, <laughs> these two stories like <laughs> right back to back so it was like it was really funny that's funny uh, yeah huh. yeah interesting yeah so that was a very interesting experience yeah it was uh, so it was good so would you would you use uh, webpack from now on um um, I kind, I kind of, I'm kind of drawn to it. Yeah, I think, uh, I think so. I mean, okay. n- now, so Webpack also comes with the Webpack Dev Server and uh, hot module reloading, and we all, we don't have all that kind of stuff. We don't use. I, I, I never try to configure that, so I don't know how complex it de- gets when you use it full on, right? Um, but. Um, but I guess it's just big, but those are like pretty well um, supported parts of Webpack I think so that should also not be too problematic and um, yeah I think be- because because I'm also kind of I, I also like writing with TypeScript and I really like this kind of um, ease of use in order to use TypeScript and I don't know. I, the thing is, though, like if I would do, if I would start an Angular project from scratch, I would totally go with Angular CLI from mm. from the from the start because <clears throat> because because that's that's um, similar. That's this that's like you know the complex tool for the complex problem, but but problem, but more, but kind of like tailor made for your. For what you're doing, because of course Angular CLI is tailor-made for Angular apps, and it has all the things like it gives you the server, it gives you the production build, it gives you the dev build, it gives you the source it gives you everything. So there's really nothing you have to think about besides just saying like ng start or whatever it's called serve, and then just you build your app just like it is for Ember CLI. So in that case, I would go with that. If I would do a, a, a React. Uh, thing I would go with some React boilerplate that most likely will have Webpack uh, as a built <coughs> thingy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. What about uh, a project that currently uses Browserify but then is considering bringing React into the mix? Would you ditch Browserify and use Webpack instead? Um. Um. The, so I don't think so. I think if if it was already if 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 it already uses Browserify and this and it works for you well, and it's most likely you have multiple tasks that use it, and you have you already have like your built, uh, your production built and everything set up, and your dev built and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. Um, I would just first try to just keep using Browserify with the transforms that you need if you, for instance, also try to move from ES5 to ES6 or something like that. And then you have GS- JSX. There's a JSX transform, of course. And mm-hmm. I think I think uh, that might just uh, work just fine. It, it, this, the question for me is just how easy it is. The, the, when, you, when you realize that you just spent more and more and more time on that, that's what I realized with our build thing, 
Like I just spent, it just took too much time to kind of adjust our old build thing to what we needed right now. And then this sitting down with a Webpack like uh, enthusiast who's been working with Webpack for two years uh, just made that really quick, the transition to use Webpack. So it's definitely good if you have somebody like that at hand, like that you can pair with real quick for if you, if you mm. wanna if you wanna change. But I would I would first try to just use transforms because there's a good there's a good um, likelihood that that just works also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh, shocking, but uh, we ended up. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know. Um, let's see what else. Yeah. So there is a a, a new Slack app for Trello to integrate with Trello. So they did a, they put in a lot of work into a little, so apparently there's r like full-fledged apps for Slack, right? And that mm -hmm. means, so, so far the Trello integration was when you uh, link Trello with Slack, they kind of um, use the Trello API, I'm sorry, the Slack API to uh, post like new cards that you put into Trello in mm -hmm. a, a Trello, a Slack chat. And what you can do now with this uh, Slack app um, is that you can, you, can link, you can link a chat, a group chat uh, in Slack with a specific Trello board. And then you, c you have a Trello command. You can say slash Trello, and then you can say add, and then you can put the name of the card and then we'll add the card to the default list card list that that you you can also set a default card list and, and change that and when you do that then you have a little you have like buttons in that integration so it shows a, like a, an abstraction of that card basically that you just created in your slack chat and then you can like join that card basically you know declaring yourself as responsible for that task or you can subscribe to the card meaning that whenever something updates on the card you get an email and you get I guess also a Slack notification and stuff like that. Um, so it's really it's much t it's the integration is much much tighter and it's um, and there's more features coming. And uh, yeah, this is very interesting. I think this is this is what um, a lot of people are also talking about. I think you know this kind of bot technology where it's it's a lot of like even startups are creating instead of creating their own product, they're creating a product for Slack or a product for you know other chats that have this API where you can create some sort of a bot. Um, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, removing more more barriers, I guess. It uh, looks very, very handy. Yeah. 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 I guess it's just a place where many people live and if you can make that, integrate that just closer yeah. with the tools that you're working with, it can be helpful. Yeah. Slack is brilliant. Slack is like Slack. The company has really figured it out. They are making so much money. <laughs> like mm. it's so smart. Like it, the the whole idea of just live in Slack. Everything yeah. will be fine. You yeah. love Slack. It's also really really interesting. Everything is sort of you know shortcut or whatever driven, mm -hmm. and it's getting more and more 
um, involved, I guess. Mm -hmm. So if you're like an early adopter and you grow with it, I think that's great. Um, but it, uh, it, it again, you know, if you're not using it as, as frequently as maybe you do, um, I always forget that stuff, you know, how does this and that work? And mm -hmm. um, it, it gets to that problem again where it can do so much and you don't really know that it can do all that stuff. So, um, you know, how do you expose that um, easily to new people or, or just keep it as simple as it is maybe right now, you know, because what is it going to be like two years from now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Ah, yes. <sighs> so I think we uh, we have uh, arrived. Oh my goodness, yes, we have arrived <laughs> <laughs> at the end of this pod. Yeah. Cast. Cast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So um, things have been a little quiet in our Slack channel. I think more people should come and join us. Um, yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to invite you all to come join us. Join us in Slack. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> You'll find the link at the bottom of the show notes. Yes. And, and this is episode 44, so... Um, yeah, uh, link to that in the bottom of the show notes. And uh, at the moment, no new reviews. And if you do like the show, please subscribe to us or that show on iTunes. And a rating would greatly help. Um, a review would be even better. Uh, so if you have a minute or two and you haven't done this before, um, go ahead and uh, please do that. That'd be awesome. Or, you know, just tell people about it or tweet about it. It's like I think Khalil always uh, has this uh, call to action after we publish the episode in Slack. He's like, "Go reactivists, tweet about it." <laughs> so. Yeah, it's uh, I'm always sending off the reactive uh, retweet army. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Go. Yeah. Go. All right. Well, I don't know. I'll. Uh, I will see when I'll be back. Um, <clears throat> definitely, for sure, sometime in the middle of August. Maybe before. We'll see. Well. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It'd well, be have cool. a great, great trip to yes. the U.S. of A. <laughs> Come yeah. to my country, <laughs> and then we can cry about it together. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Because <laughs> no. right now I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, we'll we'll. It'll be great. Be yeah. happy and merry Hopefully. and joyful, and yeah. everything's fine. Yep. Yes, fine. it has to be. But your your prediction didn't quite come true that you were saying. Hopefully, this will be the year of uh, it. Almost now. What did you say? Maybe it won't happen or something. Like oh, that. I can't yeah. Damn close calls or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, the year of close calls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of them already happened. Yeah, yeah. So let's not let the other one happen. Yeah. Make yeah. sure to register to vote. Good yes. Night. Do like, that as soon as you get in. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> land and be like. Well, I, I am I'm already, but I, I gotta just switch my my voting location. Yes, so I've always yes. voted even mm -hmm. from over here. Nice. Yeah. 
Very good. Awesome. All right. Okay, well, I will see you when I see you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be sure to ping Henning on Twitter. Oh, yes. What's your what's your uh, Twitter handle? Gladdergots on Twitter and as of a few minutes ago, H Gladdergots on Snapchat. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, and I'm uh, I'm Rockbot on the Twitters. And I'm Khalil Tweets on Twitter and Khalil Snaps on Snapchat. <laughs> and, and you can get a hold of all of us at Reactive Pod on the Twitters. That's right. And I'm not sure we're going to create a, a Snapchat account for this nah. podcast. That seems excessive. <laughs> at least, at least not until I understand how to use the damn thing. So. We can we can do it once once the podcast becomes our full time engage, engagement. Then we can there create like exciting content yes. on Snapchat for reactive exactly. pod. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Riveting, right. riveting content. Okay. Well, anyway, bye I'm everyone. Off to the kayak. <laughs> bye. Bye.